Hello, and welcome to another TRADOC Leader Professional Development Discussion. I'm Sarah Houck, Command Information Chief for the TRADOC Communication Directorate and the moderator for today's event. We've got a full house of Army professionals for a great panel-style discussion. We'll introduce each of these individuals shortly. First, I want to welcome uh, TRADOC Command Sergeant Major Dan Hendricks, who is joining me here in the studio. It's been a while, Sergeant Major. It's great to have you back. Sarah, I appreciate it. I actually thought I had done something wrong on the last one, but uh, no, I've been incredibly busy, and more importantly, I'm glad to be here, especially with uh, the panels we're going to get to talk to today. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again, Sergeant Major, for joining us. If you're joining us live, you'll see that we've got just a few other people joining us here in the studio. These soldiers are some of the Army's best. Their stories have all been recognized not only by Command Sergeant Major, but others across the force. They've taken the time to travel to different events across the country to share their Army stories and try to inspire service through those unique engagements. So first, we've got Sergeant First Class Williams, Sergeant First Class Eller, we've got Sergeant First Class Goldman, Sergeant First Class Saavedra, and last but not least, Sergeant Venegas. Thank you all for taking the time to share <laughs> your Army stories and experiences with us today. Before we get started, I want to remind all of you tuning in, we want you to be part of this discussion. Leave your questions for any of these guests in the comments section, and we'll try to get them answered during the show. With that, let's get started with our discussion. The propensity to serve often comes from a history of family members who have served or just a basic desire to serve their country. Oftentimes, the drive to serve comes after hearing stories from those currently in uniform. These five individuals here have de dedicated their time to traveling the country with the mission to inspire service through connection. As TRADOC's commanding general, General Paul E. Funk has said, everyone is a recruiter. And these men and women are shining examples of that exact principle. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, bounce around the room a little bit and get just kind of the basics of who y'all are and why um, Sergeant Major's handpicked y'all to join us today. So um, we're gonna start in the back. <laughs> with uh, Sergeant First Class Venegas, can you uh, give us a little bit of an intro of uh, your Army story and why you're joining us today? Of course. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I am currently a medic at Fort Sam Houston. I originally joined the Army just because I was concerned with the costs that are associated with going to college. Um, and it's been um, a joy, uh, for sure. I've definitely learned a lot uh, in the time that I've gotten to be in the Army, um, and I'm just looking forward to more career progression and hopefully being a physician assistant in the future. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Sergeant Saavedra, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's on first class Luciano Saavedra, 25 Whiskey, Telecommunications Chief. I'm out of the Cyber Center of Excellence in Fort Gordon. I'm an instructor at the Signal Basic Officer Leader Course. Um, you know, I continue to serve options and opportunities. That's what the Army's been providing us, and that's why I continue to do this. And I, I truly love this profession. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Sergeant First Class Eller, thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm uh, Sergeant First Class Eller. I am currently stationed in Fort Benning, Georgia, in the U.S. Army Marksmanship Unit. I've been there for 16 years, and I joined to chase my dream to win an Olympic gold medal, and I was able to accomplished that in 2008 in Beijing and uh, shooting. So that's why I continue to do it. I've been to five Olympics and hope to go to a six before I retire. 
Excellent. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Uh, Sergeant First Class Williams, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm Sergeant First Class Williams. I'm currently a senior drill sergeant at Tango Company 266 Cornmaster, Fort Lee, Virginia. I joined 2011 uh, for a better foundation for my daughter. I was a single parent and I really wanted her to have a good foundation. And through the years, my why has changed. Just being a leader and being able to impact others has really kept me in the Army and offered me great opportunities. So I'm glad to be here, ma'am. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Last but not least, uh, Sergeant Goldman. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Um, my background is HR Sergeant, um, Human Resources. Um, right now, I'm in the United States Army Student Detachment as a Green to Gold candidate. Um, so I'm looking forward to what the next two years looks like um, and then transition over to be an officer. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate each of you joining us and kind of sharing your uh, great impactful stories with us. So we're going to dig in a little bit more. And uh, Sergeant Major, I'm actually going to have you. Um, let's pull on these strings a little bit. Who do we, who do we want to talk to first about their experience? Because I know you've got a lot of you've taken all of them out on these engagements. So. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of background on those and why those are mm -hmm. so important? So what's interesting about what you bring up, uh, Sarah, is right now what we realize, um, you know, we've, we've closed our bases off, right? And so community engagement, when we go out on these events and we have taken this group of soldiers uh, all over Texas, multiple high schools, technical schools, junior colleges, uh, events like the Houston Rodeo, which if you've been to a rodeo before, it doesn't compare. There's there's nothing like it, uh, and it's the Houston Rodeo, and so they've really got to engage with the American population, the youth, and the parents, and get a feel for a couple of things. One is how little you know the average American knows about the military, right? Part one. Part two is the misinformation and disinformation of what they think the military is about. And then more importantly, as they got to engage over time and see the impact that they were having, um, you know, I got to be there and witness up front how they were personally impacted with engagement with uh, the youth today. And so I think we'll hit some of those stories today as they tell those. But that, uh, for me, that's, it's just been incredible. It's one of those things that kind of rejuvenates you and why you're a soldier to get to spend time with these quality non-commissioned officers. Absolutely, and we certainly have a, an incredible group here. I know each of them has a very different story. So um, I actually, I heard uh, green to gold. Um, I know that's something that we've discussed several times. So I just wanted to kind of pull on that string. So why, green, can you give us a little overview of what green to gold is? Um, why you chose that path and, and what it looks like for you right now? Oh, absolutely, yes ma'am. So um, I was actually at a point in my career where I was kind of getting bored. Um, I had to 10 years as an HR, and I, I felt that the challenge wasn't really there for me um, as far as just, you know, being challenged just as a leader overall. So um, it was just one, one evening, I was with Sergeant Major um, Hendricks, and we were on a trip, and he just asked me, you know, what do you want to do? Uh, what's next for you? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I didn't know if I wanted to go, you know, be a brigade S1. Um, but he put it in my um, head, was like, hey, you know, what about green to gold? Um, so I had no clue on the packet process. So I literally was Googling the next day, hey, how do I, you know, apply for the green to gold? Um, so, you know, the packet process is very easy. It was three documents. You submit it, um, I put my name in the hat, and then next thing you know, three months down the road, I, I got selected. Um, so uh, right now my pipeline um, is about two years in school. 
Um, so after that, I'll get a follow-on commission, and it's just a great opportunity. Um, and so there's three different options. So I'm in the, what they call the ADO, active duty option. So you literally go to school. You know, you can use a GI Bill. You can pay for your own school. Um, I just so happen to get a scholarship from the university as well. Um, so I don't have to use my GI Bill. And then you get paid to go to school. Um, your current active duty pay, so um, it's just been a blessing and an opportunity. So thank you. So sir, what's what's interesting, and I always um, with Sergeant Goldman, you never really get the full story, and so I'll just give you the second side of that. And so it really had everything to do about his his own background and his story coming through, and even you know his first turn with his parents when when he was looking at military service when he was back in JROTC, uh, and his parents were absolutely against it. Matter of fact, his father didn't even allow him to join the military. Um, and so it's interesting to see it come full circle, but it came full circle because of what he's done in the military. So he's talked about being an administrative assistant. He also is a ranger qualified. He has got impeccable records, already has shown what he can do in his own technical competence. And then you combine that with his own effort to support his, his academic path. Uh, that, that's the reason he was the number one of 450 candidates selected to go green to gold. So he's, he's been a little humble today, that's okay, but uh, it's been a great honor to work with him and see, see him kind of continue with his, uh, his own journey. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, I've read a little bit about your engagements and I wanted to kind of um, step back into those. So what is the most impactful piece of getting to share your story? Because um, everybody's story is a little bit different, why you join, those kinds of things. So why do you think it's important and what's impactful, most impactful for you from those engagements? I think for me, um, just where I grew up, I didn't see soldiers. I didn't see anyone in the military. Um, it was just like this, this world where you, I didn't get introduced to. Um, yes, I did JRTC, and that was the only three people from the military that I knew at the age of like, you know, 15 to 17. Um, so, you know, me being able to go back to high schools across the country um, is just a phenomenal experience. I never thought on the other side, you know, looking back from high school, like that's going to be me speaking to an audience um, that probably has no idea what the military or what the Army can give. Um, not just, you know, what you do or who you are, but you actually speak, it speaks volume to just, you know, allow other people to know what your character is and, and really the, the opportunities that you've been getting. Um, so I think it's it's a good experience for just home, from someone like me that just comes from a, a, a town or a city that you don't see the military at all. Um, so it's it's a good good feeling. That's great to be able to make those kinds of connections and just share what you see every day from the Army. So, and I kind of wanted to move over to uh, Sergeant Williams here. So you mentioned that you joined um, to just provide a better life for your family. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about why more, so a little bit more on why you served and why you continue to serve and kind of your goals and missions with, with your service. Yes, ma'am. So I joined um, 2011, I was 18 and I had a one-year-old. And of course, I didn't really have much going for me. I had a part-time job. I wasn't getting paid enough, and I was living at the time um, in someone else's household. And I didn't have stability, so I instantly looked into the Army, and they had so much to offer. And I felt that if I can provide that stability for my daughter at a, at a young age, then why not? Why not take the opportunity? They not. Did, not only did they offer me stability, but they also offered her a college fund. 
So as soon as they said that her college would be paid for, instantly I was attracted. I said, yes, I'm, I'm going to do it. I didn't have the opportunity to go to college um, simply because it just wasn't um, at the time suitable for me. So when I saw the benefits, not just temporarily, but for the future for my daughter, I instantly wanted to you know, ensure education was important for her. Um, so I signed up and it's been great. I've been in for, I've been to Hawaii, Germany, North Carolina, Virginia, and every experience has been great. I've been um, in and out of the dining facility. I've also got the opportunity to work operations. I'm a culinary specialist. So uh, now I'm a drill sergeant with Tango Company, which is a company full of 92 Gulfs, which is culinary specialists. So to be able to influence them, to show them that um, you can start from anywhere, whether you have a good foundation or where you, whether you don't, you create your foundation. So be able to impact those soldiers has been really the next um, stepping stone for me to want to stay in, for me to want to continue to be a good leader for them, man. So Sarah, when you hear that story, um, you know, it kind of comes back, well, then how do they end up on this trip with a trade officer major? And it's, and what they're not talking about is it's their senior leaders say, hey, I've got the perfect candidate to go with you on this trip, not only because of their personal story, but really the impact they're having across the force. And so out of, you know, out of Fort Lee, got highly recommended. You know, she talked about it a little bit, as you see that badge on right, that right pocket, it's all about standards, discipline, and accountability, why we have non-commissioned officers, why it makes us the greatest army in the world, and, and she is a direct representative of that. And when, and I'm not going to identify the high school, but we were at a high school where we got to talk to a huge auditorium full of kids, you know, probably 50% male, 50% female, and as we're walking out, uh, the principal was just incredibly impressed. And then she said this, she goes, um, I don't know if you know this, but you know, we've, I've always opened the door to this high school, to the Army, to come in and talk about options and opportunities. She goes, this is the first time ever in 10 years of me doing this that you had a female soldier speak on behalf of the Army. And so, and Venegas and Sir Williams, can, they can attest to how many females came up and you know, saw opportunity that they may have not have thought about before. And so you don't think about those things until somebody kind of points it out to you. But it was, it was a powerful moment. And it was because they, they did an incredible job of communicating their own story. Absolutely. And they're incredibly motivating stories, too. You, just, you can hear just the desire and the passion to continue to serve and inspire um, while they are talking and sharing their stories. So it's really, it's really great. I wanted to ask before we moved on, um, you kind of touched on how you enjoy leading and sharing your story and inspiration of how you can find success in the Army. So on these kind of community engagements, um, has there been one moment where you're like, this is fantastic. I want to continue to share my story outside of your current role as a leader. Yes, ma'am. Actually, every engagement is that way because when you, when you tell people um, your story and you show them how human you are and you're not just a robot because everyone has this image that military is just simply a robot um, and you break that down to them that you're just as human as they are it's like they light up 
their eyes light up like, wow, I'm interested. Um, so I guess there is a different world out there. They're just like us. There's nothing different outside of a uniform and some standards and discipline, of course. But um, it's, it's nice to be able to share with them and they get the feedback that, okay, maybe I can do this too. I can step up and be a leader. Because you start to be a leader as soon as you join the Army. It doesn't take um, to become an NCO or an officer. As soon as you join, you're a leader. So to be able to know that they can do it too, and it just takes one step, one step to just go ahead and do it, to be able to impact that, that the feeling is amazing because you're not just influencing Army, but you're influencing the civilian population. So every time we go out there and speak to them um, and to, to show them that no matter what they're currently doing, if they have a game plan or not in life, that they can find a game plan. Somebody else has done it before, so, so they can do it too. Someone else will continue to do it um, after them as well, ma'am. So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing that. And I, we're going to jump to um, Sergeant Venegas for a little bit. I know she's been on several of these engagements, and I've heard some feedback similar to yours, Sergeant Williams, about um, just the impact that you feel after returning from these events. So um, I wanted to pose the same question to you. Um, can you kind of give us an overview of the engagements that you've been on and if there's one moment where you're like, this is fantastic, I'm so glad I get to be able to step out of my normal medical realm and go talk to people outside of the Army. So I would say um, it's been an incredibly rewarding experience to be able to talk to high school students, and I'd say specifically uh, high school girls, uh, just because it's important for people to see people that look like them that are role models for them. Um, when I initially uh, decided to enlist in the Army, uh, the recruiter that I had, or the recruiters like in the, the building, most of them were male, which of course you can have any role model, but seeing that someone can have that strength and that determination and willpower to do um, great things that they didn't have, never imagined that they'd be capable of uh, is incredibly inspiring and powerful. Um, I would say that speaking with, I believe it was a high school with uh, some uh, JROTC cadets, that was the most rewarding experience for me, uh, just because they were so full of life and so full of questions. Um, I truly felt like we had uh, a great impact on them and what they foresee themselves doing in the future. So, uh, so here's the other side of that story. <laughs> it took us about two hours to get out of there because of this crowd and they told their story and at the end of the day, as a senior leader, here's what you've got to recognize. Those kids don't really want to talk to you. They want to talk to Venegas, because Venegas is only a few years removed from where they're sitting at, and they have questions that you as a senior leader would be like, okay, that's not a good question, <laughs> but it's what they want to know, and it's really, it's that genuine kind of connection that they have um, because they were not too far removed. They look at a senior leader like myself or General Funk is, you know, that's mom or dad. And there is a greater connection with the soldiers. But I'll tell you the, the piece with Venegas that I was truly honored to be a part of, not so much her engaging with um, basically with the students because they, they love Venegas. Always had a crowd at the end just talking to her. But it was, it was getting to see her get promoted to sergeant 
uh, on the overside of that, um, basically in El Paso, just under the star, overlooking the town of El Paso, uh, with her mom on Facebook, uh, with Colonel Garcia presiding over it. That was, that was pretty cool. I gotta say, that was pretty incredible. Those are pretty uh, great memories, and I'm sure you just really light up when you talk about um, having those conversations with those cadets or even those high school students. So um, I kind of wanted to pull on that. So as a high school, how, what, how did your service start? So like, is there a way that you kind of adjust how you communicate to high school students based on how you came to service in the Army? Um, I mean, I feel like I just, I try to be as genuine as possible. Um, I'm definitely uh, not mincing my words, I would say. I'm just giving them the genuine experience that I've gotten from uh, being in the Army. I would say that my story resonates with them probably just because a lot of high school kids that are looking at going to college are concerned with those financial uh, and just stability concerns that come with it, especially being on your own for the first time when you've been with your parents essentially your entire life. And now um, you're not only having to support yourself, but somehow uh, get a really good GPA at the same time. So um, just describing the, the concerns and uh, even my initial feeling of apprehension because I knew nothing about the Army when I initially joined. Um, despite being from San Antonio, I'll, I'll add, um, because San Antonio is, I would say, a mecca for the United States military, and I just was somehow aloof of that. Um, yeah, I would, I would say uh, just my, me being genuine with those students um, and expressing my, my own experience was probably what uh, was the most impactful. So now, now what we are going to help Benegas with is um, she is the one soldier who joined to go see the world from San Antonio and has spent her entire military career in San Antonio. <laughs> so we're going to, we'll help with that. That's, um, it's normally not the kind of framework we end up in, but uh, it's fantastic. She's loving every minute down there in San Antonio. She is. <laughs> Hometown girl. <laughs> it's not a problem. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit. We've talked about um, choices for service. It sounds like education, um, stability, um, just some direction in life, or like just the education piece. I wanted to come over here to Sergeant um, Eller because I know your inspiration to service was a little bit different. So could you explain that to to the, the audience here for us today? So b before we do this, <laughs> so here's what I learned up front from the rest of the team. Nobody ever wants to follow Sergeant Eller because <laughs> he tells a story uh, about, you know, Olympic gold and that pathway and everybody's like, Sergeant Major, please don't put me behind Sergeant Major, behind Sergeant Eller. So Sergeant Savidra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't blame me for that one, I'm just telling you. So, uh, we'll shift to you then. So, I, General Funk likes to ask the questions, why do you serve and why do you continue to serve? So, I think those are really great baseline questions um, to kind of get to know you a little bit, and then we'll talk about the impact of these engagements, because you sounded really um, enthusiastic about uh, those, like the, the rodeo and those kinds of uh, high school engagements. So, we'll start with the basics. <laughs> So um, taking that trip up to Houston, you know, kind of just reminded me on, on why I continue to serve, right? I remember going into a technical school, technical high school, and we walked in and they gave us a tour. And just, to, it looked like, you, it was pretty much a university for high schoolers, right? So we walked into the auditorium and I'm like, 
I'm not gonna be able to connect with these students because of the school that they go to. They probably already know once they graduate high school, what's their next step, right? Which for me, that was the other way around. So we did the formal piece, you know, and then there was one time when we went outside and we just saw um, how they rushed, they rushed us. They rushed us and um, just asked us a whole lot of questions, right? There was questions asked about, well, how can I join the military if I don't speak English, right? They were like, well, my parents are, um, came here as immigrants or I'm overweight, right? So those were some of the challenges that I faced. And just for them to get it from me, like I faced those same challenges, I'm still able to serve. This is what the Army's provided me. You know, it, it sparked some um, joy in, in, back in their life, right? Um, another experience was going into the elementary school, and um, we were able to, to read to four-year-olds, five-year-olds. And um, I sat down, and, and Sean Goldman was like, you know what, I'm going to let you do your thing. Because they all spoke Spanish. And they gave me a book in Spanish, and I was like, yeah, I can read this. <laughs> and um, just I asked the, the students, like, where they come from? Colombia, Peru, Panama, Honduras, all over, right? Their parents came to the States just like mine to give them better opportunities. So I, I kind of saw myself back in that crowd and, and just, just seeing it. That was just amazing how, um, you know, just to be there and read to them and, and, and share some time with them. Now, do you think your um, Army service was impactful to an audience even that young? Because I know high schools are usually where y'all are at, but it sounds like you guys had some time with a younger audience. Do you think your time and story and connection, it sounds like, with those individuals is just as impactful even when they're younger? I think it is impactful because um, they get to see it, you know, at a much younger age. Um, so if, you know, we went to some high schools and, and some teenagers have no idea, right? So if we put it to them at a you know younger age, kind of let them let them know about it, you know they'll grow up, start asking more questions, and then by the time they get to high school, they'll have a better idea of hey, the military is an option, just like colleges. So what I would say was interesting about so why were we at an elementary school? So no, we were not recruiting from an elementary school. <laughs> um, that's even a little early for us. But what was interesting because I was from Houston. And I'm like, hey, let's, you know, the, the last school I went to when I left Houston was, um, was this elementary school. I said, hey, it'd be great to go back and, you know, um, just go engage with the teachers and the students. And they very enthusiastically came back and said, hey, we'll set up every individual. You can go in and kind of read a book to the students and then, and then answer questions. Awesome. I think it was more uh, powerful for all of us just to, because they were so enthusiastic. They had some of the greatest and at the same time craziest questions you would ever <laughs> expect to hear from young kids. And then even the teachers, um, you would be amazed how quickly it would go into either a young student or a teacher who had a relative at some point that was not only in service, but had you know, served in everything from Vietnam to World War II. And so it was just, it really was um, a great community outreach just to, to let, let basically that community know, hey, they're, yes, they're, they're soldiers, but they're people too. And it was just a really great opportunity, I think, for all of us. 
Yeah, I know you and I have talked about kind of humanizing the military, and it sounds like you guys have really made an impact in trying to prove that you guys are people. You all come from different um, backgrounds and reasonings for joining, um, whether it be education or those kinds of things, and the impacts you guys are obviously making with the rushing of individuals to come talk to you. Um, I did want to ask you one other, is there one individual that you had a connection with that you hope has joined the service or you know probably has? So um, there was a couple that, you know, wanted to join, um, but they faced the challenge overweight, right? So that was something that I faced. Um, I remember going to the recruiter office and, um, and you know, telling them, look, okay, I'm interested, you know, and then they give me a one-minute assessment of push-ups and sit-ups, and I don't even get to double digits on both events, right? So the recruiter looks at me and tells me I need to work on it. And then just turns around and I'm like, I get to the recruiting station with high hopes and I leave with my head down. So I hope, you know, I inspire that person. I let them know, like, look, it just takes a little bit of dedication, and, and but it's possible and it's achievable. I actually want to kick a question to you, Sergeant Major. Listening to all these stories and um, knowing some of the events you've taken these to, so if other commanders and leaders wanted to do something like this and take some of their top performing soldiers out to the community, how do they connect with their community they may not be connecting with? How do they even get started? So one, I'll thank you up front for also not putting me behind Sergeant <laughs> Eller as after he tells his story. Nobody wants to follow Sarnella to include myself. Um, so it's, it really comes in multiple ways. And we've had commanders and sergeant majors and soldiers from across the entire army doing versions of what you're hearing and seeing today. So there's, there's really two ways. One, there are, there are events that are happening across the nation that we will partner with from JROTC events, which are some of the most incredible opportunities for our soldiers to get to go to because as they describe these are individuals who understand the military um, they are in a program that gives them a greater percentage to graduate high school than the average population to go to college they're physically fit and so they love just talking to soldiers because they're they're in this program and they get to ask real questions to real people that would seem really kind of like, why are you at? Like I literally, we had a question, uh, a female stood up and she asked, how do you get your hair so tight into a bun? And I'm like, good God, I'm glad she didn't ask me that question. Because <laughs> I would have used the vacuum story that you may have seen on YouTube, which is absolutely false. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that you get down to a genuine level of those questions that they never get to ask. And so the JRTC events, which there are hundreds across the nation um, that you can get tied into, which then gets you into the high schools. And whether it's talking to five students or 300, what you realize very quickly is you can have an incredible impact. The thing that the, uh, just came out of HQDA, it is in essence our call to service and meet your army where every senior mission command will have an outreach program to bring the communities onto those bases. And so we just completed one here at Force Houston last week. 
Uh, we, we called it a summer camp, but it was a, we had about 100 to 120 kids from the local area. So the CG and I realized um, we're doing all this stuff across the nation with USAREC, with TRADOC, but we were like, well, what are we doing right outside of Fort Eustace? And so we, we brought the superintendent over, and we said, hey, we want to we wanna do an outreach program, put it together in about five weeks. Um, really concerned. We didn't know if it would come together that quickly, uh, but we actually found out that um, the superintendent was, was fielding calls from angry parents because they couldn't get their kids into the camp. And so it, it actually turned out to be a great program, and then on the back end of it, what was so impressive was the feedback from the kids. And it wasn't, you know, they got to play paintball, there was golf, there was football, all these things that really got at a cohesive team. But what was most interesting, surprise, surprise, we had uh, two coaches per team, and the stories they told were about the lives of those coaches. So young sergeants and staff sergeants and sergeant first classes who in essence became mentors and coaches for them throughout the week. And so we did a family day on the end of that where the moms and dads uh, were just coming up and going, you don't understand how big of an impact this has had on my son and or daughter. And so those are kind of the, the multiple ways of doing this, but the Army is uh, kind of pushing forward, not just in the short term, but this is this has got to be an enterprise solution to engagement across the entire U.S. Absolutely, and it's interesting that even some of the most memorable moments of that summer camp were actually just talking to your coaches. That's incredible, and I'm sure your coaches had no idea that they were making that kind of impact. They were probably there with their, their coaching books of how to help these, these students get from point A to point B, but that's a good point. I mean, how do you encourage soldiers to make sure that they're ready to be ambassadors of their service all the time? That's such a well, big thing, because these guys are passionate yeah. about it, obviously, and they love doing it, but. But here's what was interesting about the coaches. So we, we, we pulled from the five uh, brigade level organizations at Fort Eustis. And as you know in the Army, the way things come down, you get put in this kind of voluntold status. No, no, you get to volunteer, but it doesn't really feel like you're getting to volunteer. And so we, we brought them in and we kind of laid out this framework. We had some other soldiers talk to them about, hey, what these events meant. And then more importantly, we kind of helped them through, look, I, I don't need you to be this, you know, slick salesman for the Army. I just need you to kind of help mentor these young kids through these events. And it was, it's all the things you learn as a young non-commissioned officer leading from the front, right? Shh, talking to them, caring about them, having discussions with them. Matter of fact, at lunch, uh, we, had, we had three generals and myself with the coaches and we spent, I spent an entire, entire hour teaching them on how to eat a meal ready to eat. How to open it up, how to heat the water. It's like, this is not what I thought I would be doing, but, but that, that's what they wanted to talk about. So it was yeah. just, it's one of those things that I don't know if there's a, there's a plan going in, and I think that's what kind of surprises folks. I'm not looking for some great speaker to get up there in front of a huge, I just need you to tell your story. Be authentic, and you'd be amazed at the impact that that has. Yeah, so we've definitely, we um, have had some of these individuals explain that the more genuine they are, the more questions they get, and definitely uh, the more impactful it seems to be. So. Um, 
that that's just really great to hear that even your coaches at summer camp were like, all right, we can do this. Let's make an impact just by being me and not necessarily the soldier and the coach and the and they leader. were so the the data point that i thought was great because i'm sure some of them were voluntold <laughs> um, at the end they all were like please put us on this next year because right? this is that was our inaugural event uh, that we we plan to expand uh, so we had about 120 kids next year we're looking to go from 500 to a thousand and do a to reach out to all of the surrounding communities uh, for that community outreach. That's fantastic. We'll be excited to hear the impact of that. So, and la we're gonna, we're gonna, you're up. You, you've got That's a lot this, of stress. You've got a big platform <laughs> to stand on. But I, like I said, you, I understand your path to service was a little bit different. It wasn't necessarily education driven, but more passion and goal driven. So you want to give us kind of a foundation of that first. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, and Katy, Texas, just outside of Houston, and I was passionate about shooting. So I, by the time I was 14, I'd won uh, world championships in sporting clays, which is a non-Olympic discipline. And we watched the Olympics in Atlanta and said, I think I can do that. So I worked all the way through high school. I made the Olympic team in 2000, competed in uh, Sydney. And then when I got done, I was gonna go be a mechanical engineer. I went to Auburn and I spent most of my time while I was at Auburn over at Fort Benning because the US Army Marshalship Unit's there. And a lot of my good friends are there, so I've spent more time training and competing than I did going to class. Um, I think they were playing the long game with me to try to get me to join. But So I made the 2004 Olympic team, didn't do great, and moved back to Houston and was going to school there. My grades were actually pretty good there because I actually went to class, which helps a lot. And I finally got a call from a friend of mine in 2006 summer 2006 and said what are you doing for the next few years I said I don't know and he gave me a spiel and was like you know what it makes sense so me and a good friend of mine uh, he's now sergeant first class Jeff Holguin joined the army together we went to basic training together and got assigned to the US Army marksmanship unit and then we both made the Olympic team competed in 2008 we're roommates together at the Olympics I won the gold and he came in fourth which is neat now we still continue to serve together but yeah, I had I was gonna stay for three years and get out, and I've now been there 16. Well, that's definitely a different path to service than a lot of um, people may have, but I wanted to, um, so your path is so different. How do you still make those connections and make those impacts during those engagements um, when you're out with the team? What I like to do is be able to talk to them and just let them know that it doesn't matter what you want to do. You want to be an athlete. You want to fly planes. You want to drive trucks. It really doesn't matter. Somewhere in you know your career path, the military service can help you get there. There's, there's a way. And so with your time as an Army Marksmanship Unit, do you do a lot of these outreach pieces what what do you enjoy about doing these outreach programs so after winning the gold in 2008 i spent probably the good best part of the next year on the road going to high schools going to talking to kids and then i haven't done it as much we have our own outreach program with the marksmanship unit through sessions and we go to large shooting competitions where there'll be 3000 kids and we put on a demo and just let them know Hey, the Army's out there. If there's anything you want to do, if you've ever been you know, interested in joining, hey, the recruiters are over there. 
and just talk to them and make them feel good about the Army. And that's really neat. And being able to do this this year and, you know, reconnect with high schools and stuff has been, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Is there one particular engagement where you will always remember it? Maybe one particular conversation you had with an individual at one of these engagements that is stand out in your mind? It wasn't my conversation, but it was Sergeant Major's conversation when he called General Funk and said, hey, I've got this special kid here that you need to help out and got him a letter of recommendation to West Point. That part was really neat to me because that's the dreams can come true thing. And that's why I joined the Army. So, so to that, and then again, here we, here we go, and I always feel like I'm diming them out for not laying out the entire story. So when he tells a story, it goes into the, uh, obviously it's, it's impressive when you talk about an Olympic gold medal and how the Army got him to that hurdle. But that's not the thing that, like when he tells a story that really catches people off guard and you're like, and it was, it was a little odd for me as a Sergeant Major, and he's like, hey, Sergeant Major, do you mind if I, um, can I just meet you guys in Houston? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly my own plane. I'm like, um, say that again, Sergeant Eller. And so he's also a, you know, a licensed pilot. And so when he gets up in front of students and he talks about his pathway in Olympic gold and being a licensed pilot, because we asked him to talk a little bit about their personal life, and um, it's just... It's a hard act to follow. And so it's just, it was great. And then what I would ask him is, you know, he does get to engage on a variety of different formats uh, on behalf of the Army. And really, how is this either better or different um, as we get to connect with those, with those kids? And then as, as you think about answering that, so we had, a, we had a young student that the, uh, the principal came up to me, and in this high school, he was out of 2,700 students, he was number one in the school. Uh, and he was the battalion commander of this Jared TC program. And as we're talking, he's describing about uh, his opportunity to serve, uh, go to West Point, uh, as well as continue um, if West Point wasn't it, he definitely wanted to go into ROTC. And so, started hearing the data back and all of these accomplishments he had done already. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I was thinking of when I was a, young, a junior, um, but he was just head uh, above his peers. And so I'd called General Funk right then and there on the spot and kind of laid out the facts. I said, we'll validate it but would you be willing to uh, do a letter of recommendation? And obviously he said yes, but here's the powerful part of the story. So we went to City Hall uh, two days later and we're, we're there in Houston and somebody had come up to me and said, hey look, his, his mom is not, she's not excited about the Army. She's not, this, she's not, this is not a good space. And I said, hey, well, please invite her uh, would love to have her son come up as well and would love to have her there. And so she, she came with him and as we're at the city hall and we're talking to all the councilmen about what we're doing and engagement, we asked her to sit at the head table with us and then one of our soldiers, I said, hey, I heard she doesn't speak English, so it's fluent Spanish. I said, uh, one of our soldiers was bilingual. I said, hey, do you mind, in essence, being her interpreter? 
in keeping her involved and just let her know what we're talking about so that way when we can ask her a question it, it won't be awkward and and so we we talked about the impact her son was having in that school in the JRTC program and having the interpreter hear that coming from the council members from senior reps within the army was in tears by the time we got done and by the time we asked her uh, for her to speak 180 degree change she was excited about it she understood she was grateful and one of the other sergeants that's not with us today you know when she talks about that whole week she talks about getting to interpret and help that mom truly understand the impact her son was making so that's the that's the event that uh, Sarnella is talking about yeah, it just seems like you guys have really been able to dig in and kind of just use those pieces of your background and your life before you stepped into service in these uniforms to make those connections and really change points of view of the Army and service for these individuals that you're, you're communicating with. So I wanted to ask one final question because we are starting to come to the end of our time and I'll kind of bounce around to everyone. Um, Sergeant Goldman, we'll start with you. What has... What, how much impact has these engagements had on your service and your desire to continue to serve? I, th I think for me it would just be um, just allowing other people to understand what you do. Um, and not even just students. I would say my family too because I remember we were getting back from the trip and um, you know, I was telling my family, hey, I'm going here next week. I'm going to Houston. I'm going to Texas. I'm going here. And they're like, why do you keep flying for? Um, I'm like, I'm, not, I'm talking to high school students and they didn't really understand. What do you mean you're talking to high school students about what I do in the Army? They're like, well, what is that? So I said, okay, enough is it for me talking. So um, we had a family Zoom and um, I'm like, let me show the video of us down in Houston, you know, with, you know, our, my peers next to me um, sharing our, our, our Army story. So they're like, wow, this is really what you do. I'm like, this is not all I do. This is, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. You know, this is just an opportunity I had to do. So I think for me, it's just, it's not even just, you know, the, the new people you meet, it's, it's your family too. You know, um, just to be able to have the opportunity to allow my family to see what I do on a, on a I was had a bigger screen. Um, it was just, it was just impactful. So it was, it was nice to share with them. Sir William, so what impact has the, have these engagements had on your service and your desire to continue to serve? Um, it's very, it's been very influential for me. It's very, it's been very inspiring for me as well. Uh, be able to share my experience with them, um, be able to take that to my command team, even just share my story with them has been very inspirational because um, it makes you want to sharpen your tools in your toolbox. It makes you want to be better because you know someone out there is, is looking at you. Someone out there knows your story. So someone out there is following what you are doing. So it makes, see, makes me just want to be better, a better NCO, better leader, a multifunctional NCO, um, just an all around person. So it's definitely motivational for me. Excellent, thank you for joining us, I appreciate that. Uh, Sergeant Venegas, the qu same question to you. What impact to your service and uh, desire to continue to serve have these had on you? I'd absolutely agree with uh, Sergeant Williams that it makes you just want to do better, especially because there's those people that are looking at you as a role model. Uh, not just those students, but I'd say my family members as well. I have a little sister and a little brother who's three years old. 
So um, I just want to be the best version of myself um, so that they can be proud of me as their sibling. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Sergeant Savedra. Um, the big impact it's had, it's like I go back to home station, right? I get to talk to them and just tell them what I experienced, right? But I also tell them, you don't have to go on a trip to Houston, to California, anywhere. We can do this here in our local communities, whether you're out grocery shopping, out in the gym, take two to three minute conversation with somebody and just let them know what you do, what the Army's offered for you, and how, you know, it's there, we're a part of a team, um, and, um, you know, it's an option for them. So that's what's been really impactful to me. Excellent. I love that you're encouraging others to share their story outside of these, these opportunities, engagements that you have uh, during your normal day of work. So that, that's fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Um, Sergeant Eller, same question to you. Impact on your service and um, desire to continue to serve. So I continue to serve because I like to want to see other people continue to follow their dreams and achieve them. And I still have a few goals of myself that I'd like to achieve. So keep going. I appreciate that. Thank you all for, thank you everyone for your time. Um, we appreciate you joining us and, and sharing your Army journey with us. Um, so we're going to go around for final thoughts. I know we just posed a single question to everyone, but final thoughts from everyone. Um, Attorney Goldman, any final thoughts before we, we sign off? I would say the final thoughts is, um, you know, it, it, any path that you want to do, I would say, whether it's, you know, just within the Army, um, you know, d going and being able to talk to your Army story, it makes you realize what you have done. Uh, sometimes in the Army, you're moving at a fast pace, you're at a six-minute pace, and you just keep going and you're going and you're going, but you don't really take that time to realize what you're actually doing. Um, so this is kind of like a, you know, really just a, I would say a gut check and for you to realize, wow, I have done this in the last 10 years. And you sharing that, sometimes it's a reminder to yourself, like, hey, I did that, I climbed on a mountain, but I gotta keep going. So that's my final thoughts. Excellent, thank you. Yes, um, I just encourage everyone to start with their team back at their home station to share their story with each other because you'll, you'll come to find out that everyone's background's different. Army's very diverse, so to be able to learn that about your own team can only make your team stronger. And you take that out to a community and you have your own panel, just how we have here today. So I encourage everyone to just to start doing that with their team itself and then expand that way. Excellent, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, I would say that doing outreach like this um, not only allows you to realize the magnitude of your current accomplishments, but also that there's so much more for you to do out there, even if it's um, a different path than what you've been doing currently. Excellent, thank you. Sergeant Savager, any final thoughts before uh, we sign final off? Final thoughts, um, I remember when I joined, right, I, I joined to do things out of the ordinary. Right, looking back, um, that's exactly what it's been, right? Being able to take my family to other countries, live in other places, travel, you know, buy our first home. Um, that, those are the reasons why we join. And I always tell um, my wife, I'm not looking at the 20-year mark, so you need to buckle up, because I'm going for the long run. <laughs> Well, we hope that we can keep your energy as long as possible in service. Thank you so much. Um, I want to thank everyone for being here. And Sergeant Major, 
what are your final thoughts? What, what would you like to share with everyone before, before we wrap up here today? So as, as we talk about these events, uh, and they are, they, they truly, you come back rejuvenated about what you're doing. And then as you, you know, you ask two simple questions, you've seen General Funk do this before, uh, and he does it when he, you know, awards a coin, um, you know, hey, why did you join? Why do you continue to serve? Why do you join? There, for every individual he asks that to, you get a completely different answer. Um, but what you find interesting is, why do you continue to serve? And it always comes down to a simple fact of the individuals you get to serve with. And so I would describe it very simply put, and this group is a great representation of that. You know, what you would think are just normal, everyday soldiers, but they do extraordinary things, right? And extraordinary things because the military has put them in that framework. And like Sarneller describes incredibly well, you know, he, he had the talent. He is incredibly gifted and was pushing his way to get to, you know, the epitome of, you know, that standard of a gold medal. Um, and he just couldn't get there. And it wasn't until the Army came together and that cohesive team that allowed him to be around other individuals day in and day out and reps and sets that got him to kind of get over that next hump, which really put him into that space uh, of being a Olympic gold medal winner. Now, with all of that, it's time to do it again. Um, but each of their stories are uh, representative of that and honestly it's why I love to continue to serve and I love to put these events together uh, and just be part of it because you get to see the impact that they have on the youth of America and then more importantly you'll get to see and visualize those uh, those events that actually impact them as well. Yeah absolutely and I we can't thank you all enough and Sergeant Major thank you for oh, finding these these army professionals that are just incredible ambassadors for what we do uh, in the Army every day. So thank you for bringing them all together and um, helping us put this event together. And um, as we've heard today, the Army provides a multitude of opportunities for indiv individuals from all walks of life. Each person who chooses to serve has the ability to build their own successful career. As TRADOC and the Army as a whole continues to put people first, the possibilities to grow into the exact profession you'd like to be will continue to expand. To continue to build the force for our nation depends on, we need motivated civilians ready to be, become highly trained, disciplined, and physically fit soldiers, just like these five here today. If you're currently serving as a soldier or civilian, we've got a mission to share our journeys and experiences with our communities to inspire the service for our Army's future. You never know who you can inspire by simply sharing your sto story of service. Our next LPD is still being developed, but details on that event will be shared on our social media as soon as we have them. Thanks for joining us, and as always, victory starts here.